Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Philip Marlowe from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Get this and get it straight. Crime is a sucker's road, and those who travel it wind up in the gutter, the prison of the grave. I didn't know it, but I was caught in a smokeout that led from a search for a lady in black, past murder at a highway inn, the gunfire fling warehouse, for a girl already dead in the morgue. From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction, comes his most famous character in The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Tonight's exciting story, The Smokeout. It never seems to fail. A sleepless night that leaves you with raw nerves and sandpaper eyelids. It's always followed by a day that never ends. A kind of long, tough day that keeps you on the move until life in the city finally reduced to no more than a confused clatter of sink of exhaust fumes and an aimless mob of shallow people milling around, looking for nothing but a chance to con each other out of a lousy butt. And this was no exception. Because when I finally decided to quit to get out of it to go someplace quiet and relaxed, I found myself instead in a hurry all over again. I was on my way to a very public building on Spring Street at the stubborn instigation of one Detective Lieutenant Matthews of Homicide. The phone call 20 minutes ago had caught me as soon as I opened my apartment door. Uh, where you been, Marlowe? Don't you ever check in at that office of yours? And on days like this, Matthews, they don't give me a chance. What's up? Tell me all you know about Vera Hamlin, Phil. Who's Vera Hamlin? A girl. No fool. Are you real sure you don't know her? Positive. Am I supposed to? Uh-uh. Maybe she used another name. Pretty blonde, about five, six, a sweet kid, apparently. I can think of a lot of women who fit that description, Matthews. Yeah, you could. But mm-hmm. this one wrote you a letter yesterday. I didn't get it. Then I haven't been to my office at all today. Why? Why don't you help? How do you know? Well, we picked it up from the imprint in an open pack of stationery in our apartment. Oh? Better come down and take a look at her, Phil. Take a look at her? Where is she? In the morgue. Oh. She was struck by a car last night. Accident? What makes you ask that, Marlowe? Your dubious tone of voice, Matthews. Well, was it an accident? Uh, I guess so. Maybe I've been a cop too long. I get suspicious myself on dark nights. can understand it. Come on down, Phil. Right away, I'll meet you there. You were supposed to call her today. 
Oh, anything about her? Yeah, she came to L.A. about six months ago from Omaha. Mm-hmm. She worked for a guy named Brasso's, a produce wholesale at 77 Market Street. Lately, she was seeing a lot of him after office hours. What's wrong with that? Nothing. But she was killed in front of Brasso's house at 2 a.m. as she was getting out of her car, and Brasso wasn't home at the time. Oh? He has a fair alibi. Puts him out on Highway 101 north of Santa Monica. Wait, excuse happened. me, gentlemen. I'd better get the phone. Yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, what about the motives, Matthew? No motives. Well, then why are you so upset? What you... Why was she so upset? What did she want you for? That's not enough oh, for you to go, If I had that one answered, I'd know where to oh, go from there. I know, but you're pinning yeah, a murder rap on somebody. What do you murder rap? I'm not uh, upset. It's for you, oh. Lieutenant. All right, thank you. Excuse me, Mr. Hello, this is Matthew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A witness. Says it was murder. Still get a load of this. What? Yeah, give me that again. Yeah, a woman. Saw it happen, huh? Great. Who was it? The lady in black. Where'd you get that? It sounds corny. Where did you get that? It sounds... What? You mean there's a story about it out now in the L.A. Journal? Yeah. I'll be back there in five minutes. And listen, get a hold of the reporter who wrote that story and hang on to him. I want to talk to that wise punk. How do you like that? How do you like yeah, it? Yeah, Vera Hamlin murdered with an eyewitness to prove it. Only the police department is the last outfit in town to know. Come on, Phil. We're through this time. To buy a newspaper, find out what's going on. Matthews was boiling as we left the morgue and headed to police headquarters. We made one stop on the way to pick up a copy of the journal, which he read as I drove. Kind of smoky, well-illustrated sensationalism that caused issues, double police work, and false papers. Exclusively to the journal tonight that she was an eyewitness when a mad killer purposely swerved his speeding car into curvaceous blonde beauty Vera Hamlin outside her lover's Brentwood home late last night. If that's journalism, I'll eat my bag. Keep reading. You're a cop, not a critic. Yeah, but I got taste. The lady in black will appear at police headquarters at 9 o'clock to reveal license number and description of the murder and the shocking death which police have already labeled accidental nuts. Come on, Molly. I felt a little sorry for Matthews because the way things were breaking, the Vera Hamlin deal was a cinch to become one of those involved schoolball affairs. But nothing goes according to the book, and I was glad I never got a letter. Now it was none of my business. All I wanted to do was drop Matthews off, get away from the whole thing, and try to forget about it. But when we piled up behind the waiting squad car at headquarters, a gang of night beat photographers draping the stairs popped up. Where's the lady in black? Oh, I know. I didn't find out there was a witness till I read it in the journal. Yeah, that was a dirty trick. Hiya, Hi, Abbott. You're an old-timer, Abbott. You guys ought to keep punks like a journal squirt in line. They just make it tough on everybody. Oh, don't blame us for that guy. He's burned up, huh, Marla? You blame him? You know as well as I do, the journal picked up that witness right here. Kept her under wraps until they had time to break the story. Well, he shouldn't let it throw him. You know guys like that usually hang themselves. Sure, after the damage is done. Besides, nobody in City Hall signs my check. Good night. I watched him out of sight and drove to the corner where one of the reporters told me that the green sedan had had a lady in black in it. Whoever had fired the shot had gotten away clean. So, with that to think about, I drove back to Hollywood and tried a double scotch in a quiet bar. Yeah, it didn't work. Half hour later, I ended up in my office with Vera Hamlin's letter open on my desk. Enclosed were five ten-dollar bills and a souvenir postcard from a place called Moon's Point on Highway 101. Penciled across the back with a word. I think this place means trouble to Dave Brasso. I don't know why, Vera. Maybe it was the memory of the girl's face in the mall. Or maybe it was a stack of wrinkled tens on my desk that made me do it. 
But whatever it was, I went to my car, drove out past Santa Monica, and it took me an hour to get to Moon's Point on Highway 101. An isolated huddle of grimy filling station rickety six cabin auto caught in weather-beaten lunch counter and bar, squatting beside the highway. I pulled up at the parking lot and went into the bar where the source of the quaint name Moon's Point met me. Moon himself. <laughs> he was round, pale, and soft as a lump of green cheese. What can I do for you, mister? Dave around? Dave who? Rosso. Want to see him on business. What kind Private of business? Private business. Oh. Okay. Sure, Brussels here. Out in cabin number four there is Mr. Stipple. Oh? You can get that back there, there if you want to. But I don't think they'll have much time for you, fella. Why not? The late paper just come in. The L.A. Journal. Is that all? I got much later news than that for him. Sign asking for Dave Brasso. Well, I think you're a cop and I might be able to do you a little favor. What do you got in mind, Baggin? Well, since there don't seem to be much love lost between you and Brasso, I'll tell you. I believe in an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, see? I used to be a driver for Dave Brasso, only yesterday I got canned. Thrown out. Pull off my truck and fire for no reason at all. So? Oh, so I've been sticking close to him, just waiting for a chance to pay him back. And I've been finding out things. Things you might like to know. Give me a for Well. For instance, he had a fight. A knockdown, drag out argument with that uh, Vera Hamlin girl last night. Just an hour or so before she was run over. She claimed he was seeing another woman. What's that proof, Baggy? She was found dead in front of his house, bud. You added up. And that's not all he did. I know why he's hanging around out here. Also, why it ain't gonna do him one bit of good. I got plenty to tell him. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Okay. Yeah. That's Monty Stipple who opened the door to number four here. I gotta get out of here. But I got plenty to tell, bud, so when you're finished in there, come on over behind the grease rack at the filling station. I'll be waiting for you. I don't know how you feel, Dave. You're on edge. You got reason to be, but running back into town won't help you any. So they got a witness. She's already told it. Wait a minute. There's somebody outside here. Yeah, that's right. I want to see Dave Brasso. And uh, Mr. Brasso is pretty busy right now, mister. Not too busy to see me. Oh, you a uh, cop? No. And he must be a crummy reporter, so scram. Uh, you look Mr. Brasso up at his place of business some other time. You mean after he skipped town to keep the witness from putting a finger on him? Why, you Hold snooping... Hold Wait. Who are you? What's your dad, soldier? Name's Marlowe, private detective. I'm here because Vera Hamlin wrote me a letter yesterday. Vera? Trying to get lost for a couple of minutes, will you? I want right. to talk to this guy. Don't you go think on, you better go on, beat it. Well, okay. All right, soldier. Come on in. You want to see me? I'll take a good look. Well. Okay, so you're big, Brasson. Husky enough to run over somebody and kill him. Without even getting into a car. I'll let that one go by, soldier. Where's the letter? Locked up in my office. What's she say in it? Wanted something to look into and said this was a good place to start. Uh, jealous of a fool. Is that what the fight was about last time? Right. You do find things out, don't you, soldier? That's my business. Well, maybe you know who this lady in black here in the paper is and what she's going to tell. Maybe. Might even know who was jumping up to try to kill her tonight and shut her up. Who is that? You mean somebody... Come tried... on, Brasso. Let's stick closer to the truth. You're a lousy actor. For instance, Vera wanted me to come to this dump because you and Stipple are holed up here. Why? That doesn't concern you, it's business. Sure, and when a girl accidentally gets in the way of business, she's run over by it. Is that the way you work? You keep talking on the same thing, soldier, and I don't like it. I was in love with Vera Hamlin. Maybe you're trying to use that to nail me in a frame. Maybe you're a sneak for that stinking louse weather. 
Maybe you didn't get any letter from Veer at all, so get out of here and think up a new one. Your theories are getting way ahead of you, Buster. Who's Weber? Jerk. I said get out! I take that back for an answer, soldier, and you can get more of the same anytime you want it at 77 Market Street. Please don't move. 
She was standing someplace behind me, and when I did a toe, she moved around in a wide, careful arc until we faced each other across a chunk of dark night. It revealed only two things. One, she was holding a gun, and two, there was no mistaking her. This was a lady in black. Those car keys there in your hand. Throw them here, please. Now, wait a minute. I'm sure we can talk... Please, let me have them. Okay. Now what? Now, whoever you are, you can look for these while I'm hey, gone. Hey, listen. I don't want to be interfered with. Now, wait a minute. Oh, I get it. You're afraid something will jar the sale price you've set for Brasso, huh? Yep. What are you talking about? That ever-sneaking routine known as blackmail. But to be very specific, a mystery witness, you, the lady in black, who almost gets to the police to take a killer. Almost so she could scare said killer into Jenna's frame of mind when next they meet. In other words, baby, it was all an act of pressure play on Dave Brasso. Now it's time to collect. Do I go on? No, you don't. You just do as I say. You just turn around and walk. And think a little. Think about the pistol shots that you neglected to mention, which somebody took at me while I almost went to the police. Or did I do that myself? Also for the sake of Mr. Brasso's frame of mind. It's possible. I don't think so. Now go and start walking. You don't make much sense standing here. As I moved away from her, she backed off quickly toward a car that was nuzzling a high hedge near the far side of the roadhouse. So I knew that any move I intended to make had to be done right then and there. But she must have known just as much because that was when the gun she held got mad enough to start spitting my way. I dove for the gravel at my feet, then practically burrowed my way across a dozen uncomfortable yards of chopped rock to the shoulder of a line of trash cans. All of which left me scarred, safe, and in time to do nothing more effective than swear. I had a pair of teasing taillights on a green sedan that were already winking out of sight. Didn't help much. Well, what do you know? The private detective again. Well, what's it this time? Bill Brasso's stipple, is he in? No, he isn't. That's funny. No, I don't think so. I only think you're funny. The panic, Marlowe. Uh, Moon and I have been watching you comb that gravel out there searching for the key. We couldn't catch the chatter, but she certainly made you look stupid. And just so you don't go on looking that way, don't bother playing so wide-eyed about Brasso being in here either. You see, I know you know he isn't. <laughs> it won't work, Sonny Boy. Maybe a little pressure will. Um, I doubt it. I don't bend easy, Marlowe. Also, I don't happen to know where Brasso went. But just so nobody gets too upset or quick with a gun, maybe we ought to go back over to the bar to chat. Mm-hmm. Moon's expecting me. Besides, it's cozier there. It won't be once the cops start pouring in. Incidentally, it makes it your turn not to play dumb. Huh? I mean Ernie Baggett being very dead out in the back. <laughs> Even Stephen. I'm Arlo. Yeah. Okay. I know about Baggett. From Brasso? I said... I heard you. <sighs> Nice night. Hmm, Marlowe? You know, Stipple, you're making a big mistake. Hmm? Why? Protecting Brasso can't pay off anymore. You said I was protecting him. I worked for Dave Brasso, period. If he knocked off a couple of people, and I'm not saying he has, it's got nothing to do with me. What's done is done. Which doesn't include the girl, huh? Who? That witness? What's the difference? What happens to her? She's living on borrowed time right now, anyway, look at her. Why? Because of what she knows? No, no. Because of the way she handles what she knows. All that gab in the papers. You know, she's lucky those three shots that were thrown at her only came out of a pistol. Could have been a howitzer, considering the advance notice she gave. Hey, Moon. What? The cops here yet? No, they ain't. I will patrol six, five minutes, ten minutes ago. I sure wish they'd get here. <laughs> well, don't worry, they will. Well, Mama, will it be? Hey. Hey, private detective. Come out of it. What's up? Around here, Stipple, nothing. Nothing at all. Where are you going? To 77 Market Street. Brasso Produce Company. 
I think it's where both your boss and the lady in black are going to get together. And what gives you that idea? A hunch, Sipple. Just a hunch. Goodbye. Company was a half a block of corrugated metal warehouse crushed behind a wide loading ramp, which at 2 a.m. bustled with enough noisy fresh vegetable business to turn night into day. And when I was out of my car, clear of the whirling electric hand cars, making my way in between fatted lettuce crates toward a cage marked with stature, I kept wondering how a guy who built an outfit like this single-handed could have possibly made the mistake I figured was his. I stopped wondering when a face that had been stolen from a hawk pressed itself close to the inside of the cage and yelled at me.
She was going back to you to tell you what she saw. You oh, You'll be double-crossing her. Oh, stay, stay. Hey, hey, that's enough. No, no, it isn't. Please stay. I've got something to finish. Oh, no, no, no. when he was blindfolded? Or in other words, what? Matthews, I'm tired. Tomorrow, huh? No, no, no. We no, can no, talk no, then. No, Come on, Frank. Oh, please. Okay. Well, it's something like this. Back at Moon's Point, Sybil yeah. told me how lucky the lady in black was. Only three shots were thrown at him. And he had no way of knowing how many shots had been thrown, huh? At a boy. Unless, of course, he threw them himself. Sure. Francis had a smoke-out plan, which was an inspiration to me because... Knowing Sybil was a liar and proving it were two different things. So you led him to the warehouse, and while Miss Hamlin here gunned for Brussels, Sybil gunned for her. You're so right, and good night, Lieutenant Oh, no, Matthews. no, listen, Marlowe, I... Good night, you. Lieutenant. Okay, okay, good night, Phil. Good night, Lieutenant. Good night, Lieutenant. Thanks, Marlowe. And... And what? More questions? Uh-huh. But not under vital statistics. Oh. Uh, Marlowe... One way or another, my crazy plan has worked, right? I guess so. Well, then tell me. Now that Stipple's caught and well, it's all over, am I supposed to feel good? I don't know, baby. Maybe that's what's so screwy about revenge. It's got all the permanence of a smoke ring, even when your positive is justified. Cigarette. dog-tired when it started. Whipped. Fed up with the city and the aimless, milling mob of shallow people. Always hungry for a buck that made it move. But now as I drove through the quiet, empty downtown streets and listened to Francis Hamilton talk about a sister who had never been anything but nice, I stopped thinking about those money grubbers and thought instead about the ones like Vera. All the people all over the world who Sometimes get in trouble because other people won't realize the world is not for sale. Yeah. The Vera's are the ones to keep in mind. And that was when I decided that I was only tired, not whipped, not fed up. All I needed was a good night's sleep. So I went home and got it. of Philip Marlowe, bringing you Raymond Chandler's most famous character, star Gerald Moore, and are produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Script is by Robert Mitchell and Gene Levitt. 
Featured in the cast were Lynn Allen, Barney Phillips, John Daner, Jack Crucian, Polly Bear, Edgar Barrier, Byron Kane, Hugh Thomas, and Bill Raleigh. Detective Lieutenant Matthews is played by Larry Dobkin. The special music is composed and conducted by Richard Orange. Be sure and be with us next week when Philip Marlowe says...